Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. The games we play in IT was uh, an idea I had for a podcast because I was uh, searching around on my computer and I'm like, I had, to, I had like 10 minutes to kill. And rather than starting a new project, I'm like, you know what? Where's Minesweeper? You know, I used to play Minesweeper <laughs> all the time in like the 90s. Yeah. And so a hit of nostalgia. And so I look for it and, and I was like, lo and behold, it's still there. There's still Minesweeper on Windows, except for now. It's like this epic adventure where you're a guy with a pickaxe <laughs> and you're wondering around like, oh my gosh, 20 years, like fast forward. How much did I miss? Evidently, yeah. you know, we, how many evolutions <laughs> versions were in between? <laughs> so now, you know, you have to kill things and there's like bombs and weird traps and gold. And it's just, <laughs> wow. So the games we play in IT, it's just funny that, I, you know, I'm kind of wondering what, what happened to Klondike and Solitaire, you know, are, are those now like Diablo-esque? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I can tell you Solitaire is still alive and well. Uh, and in a variety of different forms, but I, 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 I say this firsthand, but not as a firsthand player, but as uh, the ongoing technical support role for my mother-in-law's computer. Because if anything happens and she can't play solitaire, I get an immediate phone call. <laughs> I'm on like 24-hour alert for that one. To me, you know, the, the origins of solitaire, besides playing with cards, is like that green matte background, the really cheap uh, graphics. Yeah. I can yeah. still yeah. I can still smell the office from when I was a kid, when I would play <laughs> solitaire and my mom would play solitaire and I can yeah. see how the screen looked on my little Tandy, you know? And I mean, it, it brings back a lot of memories when I think about different games I play. Cause I was a big PC platformer. So anything on PC, I loved to play. Like I was the kid in the eighties playing those like eight bit, not even eight bit color. Those, those two tone, like there was the orange, yeah. Uh, you know what orange yeah. I'm talking about or the green yeah. you had one color and you could play like math games and you would bounce along and answer questions like that was me I would put those five and a quarter discs in all the time yeah yeah absolutely well, I my my uh I, mine was not even disc mine was on cassette tape uh and it, we did have eight bit graphics because I was uh, playing on a Commodore Ooh. and and it was Bruce Lee uh, and so we had a great little game. You could plug in a joystick. It's very much Atari 2600-esque oh, uh, man. sort of stuff. And, um, you know, and, and, you'd, and you'd run along and, and you'd play. But then when you got, uh, I forget where it was, is, you know, a couple of levels in on the game, uh, it had run out of programming. And so it would tell you to, here we go, you had to take the tape out and turn it over <laughs> So it could load to the rest of the game. I think uh, from the other side of the tape. Oh man, I did not. I I did not have those days at all. I had the the five and a, the five and a quarter, uh, the three and a half, and uh, you know I remember, you know, loading things on. And the day I first had sound, uh, I think you and I have talked about that bef oh, yeah. before when yeah. I loaded up the drivers for that in a sound card. But <laughs> I. Uh, I think it's fun that in, in IT, it's almost a universal constant that IT people play video games. And 
I, I mean, it, you may not be like a first person shooter. Like you may not do go around shooting zombies and stuff. Um, but at some point you have some kind of choice distraction. And, uh, you know, back in the eighties and the nineties, people, you know, you could beat up a high school for that, you know, <laughs> like that was <laughs> yeah. oh, nerd. Yeah. You playing video games. And then, uh, unless it was an arcade game, even then, but now it's just mainstream society. But if you talk to an IT department, everybody's got their poison when it comes yeah. to what kind of games they play. Do they play, are they an Xbox person? Are they a PlayStation person? Are they a PC person? Do they like platformers? Like I really like platformers and uh, I like old school stuff. I've, I've been going through the Metroids uh, in anticipation of the new Metroid release coming out this fall, which is, <laughs> which is a platformer, by the way, they, they went away from the, the 3d view of the first person shooter and are back to the side scroll. That's becoming a thing again. Um, oh, that's cool. And then uh, coming out this fall as well, if you haven't seen it, if I haven't showed you, uh, Diablo 2, which brings back a lot of memories for a lot of people, came out around 2000. I missed this game, but it was massive back around 2000. Yeah. Everybody played it. And they are re-releasing it. They have re-rendered the whole game and rebuilt it with the same story, same patterns and everything. But now it has current and modern graphics. And it makes sense. Like, okay, we went through this whole phase where we redid all the movies from the eighties. Now let's start doing Let's redo all the video games. I swear. If some, that is old is new again. If somebody brings back ET, I'm throwing my console away. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm on this group. I'm going to put a shout out to one of my favorite Facebook groups, the official Gunter clan of Facebook. And it's all 80s nostalgia and a bunch of guys and girls just talking about the things they used to love to do when they were kids. And uh, it's a it's a wonderful group because you'll be sitting there going about your day and you see people ranting on Facebook. You see people doing all sorts of things. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of it, it's like, hey, so he man, let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> and it, it's a serious nostalgia but recently people have been talking about like what video games are there out there for a challenge from your youth and so people started bringing back all these games that they used to play in the 80s and the 90s that oh wow i forgot about that and you think about all the times that you spent and the thing that inspired you to be in IT, a lot of people to be in it was video games and being able to work with computers all the time and man there were some there were some really, really hard games back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first one. I, there are, <laughs> Zelda uh, was awesome because you can make it through the first time through pretty easily. You know, you got your map from your Nintendo Power magazine. You sat there with your box of pizza and your friends. And it was great because you could save your game. That was one of the first ones you could actually yeah. save your game. Yes, that was that was a milestone in, in gaming history, being able to save. A little... A little, yeah, a little side note <laughs> for those of you who uh, play modern games and didn't grow up in the eighties, it used to be that you had to get your box of pizza, your so soda, and you sat down in front of your TV and you played for like yes. several hours straight because you couldn't save your game. And so you had to right. like set up this campsite, like <laughs> to, to be in a game. But with Zelda, you could save and walk away and go hang out at the park and then come back and play some more of your game. And that's what we did. But Zelda, you would beat the first time through, and then it would immediately flip to a second time through. And the second time through, everything is moved. 
So the maps no longer matter that you've got from Nintendo Power. Now you have to burn down a random bush in this one corner <laughs> to get into this yeah. temple. And then everything kills you. It was meant for the hardcore kids who had absolutely nothing better to do than beat this thing. And so that and th those, and I, and then I never really, uh, you know, I was not a hardcore gamer. So um, I never really understood how you were supposed to figure this out. I mean, repetition. Uh, you know, this, it, well, this first instance came up was again, going back to my early days was the Atari 2600. And there's a game called castle. I think it was, uh, and that doesn't sound right, but it, it was in a castle. I, I do know that. And so, I mean, you really, the graphics were really, really low. I mean, you were nothing more than a little square. And and you would move yourself around. Uh, and oh, at one adventure. point. Adventure. Adventure. There it is. Okay, yeah, adventure. And, you know, at one point, uh, you had this little uh, bridge that would get you through walls. And you just had to know, oh, hey, if I go over here and shove this little you know, uh, bridge into a random spot on the wall here, apparently, that there's a secret room on the other side, you know? Uh, and how did people find that? You know, they just went and shoved the wall, the thing into every wall that came across it. It just, I don't know, that that took a little bit of the, uh, I don't know, the allure of some of the advanced features out of the games, you know? It's like, yeah, you know, I'm not so into random. I, I can, I'll put it out there. I have never played Adventure, and I know it's a big thing in, like, the Ready Player One community because, you know, um, uh, Warren Robinette uh, put the Easter egg in there because you had to, like, pick up a pixel and go to a hidden room, and inside yeah. there was his name. Yes, and yes, yes. That was something that kind of broke out. Like, I love Easter eggs in games. So, yeah. like, in Metroid, for instance, there's a, there's a place where, like, some developer out there just was trying to figure out how to do the boss battle. And he must have like put a screen in where he could test an environment to do this boss battle and different kinds of weapons to give the boss and stuff. And then when they came out the official game, they had the official boss battle, which was down this one section. But he left this in there. If you could jump up the side room and go around, you could go to his dev environment where he was fighting this other version which he kept powering mm -hmm. up and doing different things with and it was a pretty easy battle but um just finding little things like that in games there are things like yeah. that in word in excel in um in windows itself like is it windows 95 it had the weezer oh yeah yeah. Uh, music videos, they're showing off their, their video capability. So when you got Windows 95, you got like several music videos and several interesting like things to showcase like what your computer was capable of now as a penny in class. That too, too, yeah. So, uh, and there, yeah, there was a, uh, um, you could also get uh, Bob, uh, the Windows Bob, which was an early, early, you know, kind of AI responsive sort of deal. And he didn't really go anywhere. It says it was, Clippy killed him. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. I, I've seen some stuff. It was. It was great starter material. I'm. I'm really, really surprised that Microsoft tried to release it because it was way too early. But there were interesting things about it. But by the time they pulled it, it had already become part of many of the distributions or something. There's a long backstory to that one. But anyway, it's out there in in a variety of places. Uh, just because. It, uh, it got stuck in there, and it was harder to remove than it was to just leave it there. So, uh, you know, they, they left it there, and, and 
they're little Easter eggs that you can dig up and lots yeah, of Yeah, I those. think I think you sent me a video on that, like the so for those of you out there, Google Microsoft Bob for an interesting Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, that one's uh, and uh but yeah, like back to the gaming thing, like you know, platformers and stuff in the eighties were were fantastic and when you were in an uh, IT shop and even up to the late nineties, like land parties, you couldn't just go on the internet and play video games yeah. against other people quite yet. It wasn't really there. I mean, you can do IPX protocols and, and do some fancy things with tunneling, but, but no, you, it's just too slow. You had to too be slow. in person. So you would lug your giant PC and sometimes IT departments would just host a, a land party and Doritos and soda and your everything you do, but it's a bunch of people in their twenties and mm -hmm. they're all playing video games. It's kind of a good bonding experience. And today video gaming is so popular. It's so crazy that everybody does. Nobody blinks an eye when you say you play a video game. You know, here, right. here I am in my, in my mid forties. And I, you know, I talked about like going home and playing some switch to relax and no one bats an eye at that. And yeah. that's just the way life works. And I love, I love being able to play a game rather than watch TV because I like the interaction. I like being able to think through a puzzler. I like solving problems and playing games that require me to think through it. Like random bashing against walls, not for me. But push, <laughs> yeah. Pushing a bunch of, bunch of buttons and killing things, not me. But uh, playing a game that requires me to solve a problem or interact and that's why I love things like RPGs, like open world RPGs in particular. So one of my, my plugs here is going to be for a game called Baldur's Gate, which came out in the late 90s. Yeah. And I grew up in the country, so I wasn't able to play much uh, uh, D&D. So it was a new world to me to experience this idea of a structured role-playing environment when I got Baldur's Gate. And why did I buy Baldur's Gate? Because I had bought Phantasmorgia, which was a haunted house game for, with some money I had gotten and my computer couldn't quite do it. It kept getting stuck. It kept freezing at different spots. So back then you could return your game and get a different one. So I returned yeah. to Walmart and I saw this game called Baldur's Gate and it had really cool graphics on the back. So I bought it. I was a huge fan, still am a huge fantasy fan. And I started playing it and I played that game all the way from what, 97, all the way into probably 2005 or so. Like yeah. a long time. And cause Baldur's Gate 2 came out and you can make your own decisions. You could interact with people. You get lost in this little world. And it was a great way to interact. But then what happened was people talk about TV shows in that time. No idea. Right. <laughs> I, I, I have no frame of reference for anything that came out between 97 and like 2005 or so because I didn't have time to watch TV. I, I chose to play video games. I didn't even have cable. Like I, I chose to play these video games to pass the time. And I think it helped my mind develop in different interesting ways. It's probably why I'm partly weird. But well, for and those of you who have been listening to several of our podcasts and, and might have wondered, I think this answers the question right now um, between Adam and Skip, who is the alpha nerd? Uh, and we we clearly now have a winner. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> we, are, we are nerds in different ways. <laughs> yes. But well, I feel, I almost feel, we, we talk about games and, and um, I almost feel embarrassed about it. And so here's an interesting deal. You know, in IT, my whole professional 
uh, career uh, early on. Um, not a heavy gamer, but really, really enjoyed the opportunities. Um, I started drinking coffee. Um, I, you know, Adam and I have had lots of talks about coffee, but I didn't drink coffee early on uh, in my career. Uh, I started drinking coffee because I stayed up till four o'clock one morning playing a Nintendo game, <laughs> and then I had to get up at six o'clock and go to work. What was the Nite- uh, What was the Nintendo game? It was some sort of tank game. I rented it, you know, back Blockbuster. Uh, battle and Battle I, Tank. I don't you're, know. You're it first was... first person. You're looking forward and. I believe, I believe that's the case. I mean, I had it for just a few days and took it back. But that one night, man, I just went hardcore. Uh, and four o'clock in the morning came around. I was like, oh, this is stupid, you know. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the last time I did something like that. But uh, over the years, though, um, I just, I haven't been able to play video games. Uh, two part. One, one, there's a time crunch, you know, and uh, different things in life. But two, I, I really enjoyed getting immersed in games. I can't, the last yes. one that I really got in, immersed in was um, one of the, um, I forget when it was, probably 2000s. It was a Mech Warrior uh, game. Oh man, those uh, are great. I, I love that. And I mean, I went through the whole deal and, and really got into it. But uh, you know, to do those, it just, it took a lot of time and uh, not, well, maybe not so much time, but a large chunk of time, uh, you know, it's not something I could do for 15 minutes and then, you know, go do something else and come back for 30 minutes and, you know, you need to sit down and, and drop, you know, it's like golf, you know, you, you can't really play golf unless you've got four hours to put into it. Uh, and I found myself having fewer and fewer you know, slots of time. And so today, you know, we talk about video games and I get around other IT guys and they're talking about this or that. And I'm listening and and I'm pretty good at, you know, uh, putting information together and just kind of following along with the conversation. But here is what I feel, and this is kind of maybe the therapy session. Here's the sad truth is Skip doesn't play any video games. Zero, none, not, not anything at all. But I want to. I miss those old days. Uh, and, you know, it's just, I don't know, it, it just it doesn't turn out. Well, so I, I, I live vicariously through other alpha nerds. Well, I will, <laughs> I will say that um, there are games that I refuse to play for the sheer sake of sanity. <laughs> um, there was a time a few years ago when I was in between jobs and I decided I'm going to take up World of Warcraft. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so while I was looking for jobs, and uh, you know, I had time. I had a good, I, I had a great. Uh, the the company I'd worked for had closed, and so I had a nice little severance package. And so I basically had three months where my wife was studying pharmacy school, and I was being paid, and I could look, I could casually look for a job, yeah, and find the right fit. But I had a lot of downtime during the day. We had no kids, no obligations. We're a young couple, and so I. <laughs> started playing World of Warcraft and started learning how to brew. It was a fun three months. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I learned a lot about like, you know what? Warcraft isn't really, f- World of Warcraft isn't for me. I love the original Warcraft from the 90s, the the TBS, turn-based strategy. And, or RTS, uh, real, real-time strategy. My bad, different genres. Uh, <laughs> the... The button smashy, I can see how it's addictive because you do dopamine bursts whenever you like level up, when you get different gear and stuff. It turned out not for me, but then I discovered Elder Scrolls where it was just me. I don't have to worry about the online community and yeah. you're exploring this world and it's so massive. 
that you're like, you're never done. And then, um, that was oblivion and I lost a lot of time to that, but I had fun because yeah. you get lost in the world. And then the next one came out and people are like, why haven't you played that? And like, because I value my sanity. I know what will happen if I start <laughs> playing. I won't yeah. stop. And th I guess that's kind of, uh, I I've had a few, uh, so uh, Forza uh, is a, a driving game for the Xbox. Yep. Uh, and I uh, I had a little bit of downtime uh, a few years ago and, and played that game a little bit. And it was very much addictive. It was, uh, uh, you know, a few of those those wee hours of the morning deal where I'm, running around and I have, you know, I kind of, we, we kind of did that one and done and I know there are newer versions out, but I look at those and go, yeah, if I, if I start pulling on that thread, am I going to really be able to stop? <laughs> so, you know, I guess that's one of the things that keeps me out of video games. That's a weird dilemma. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the, the addiction of video games is very real. Don't get me wrong. Like there are Definitely dopamine bursts that you get while playing video games that are very, very, very addictive. So like you're playing and this is how you become happy. And I've seen people completely lose themselves in the video game world. Yeah. And as long as it's not destroying your social uh, life and it's not destroying your personal life, that's fine. It's just part of who you are. I see people do the same thing with sports. I see people do the same things with their hobbies. Mm -hmm. And so it's just something different. It may not be relatable for you, but it's just another part. But there is a component to video gaming where you can start getting your dopamine, your happy feels only out of video games. And you lose the ability to communicate effectively with people around you. And you start spending all your time in the video game world. And that, that does cause issues with people. So you, you do have to balance it just like anything else in your life. You know, TV, don't watch TV all the time. Don't play video games all the time. But it is nice to be in some of those social communities where maybe you are a platformer and you talk to your friends about like the recent platformer you beat and how much fun it was. Or maybe uh, like me, you start playing them with your kids and, you know, they're they're enjoying it. And it becomes a conversation piece like, oh, did you beat yeah. that guy yet? You know, Zelda Breath of the Wild is a constant conversation around our house. <laughs> and uh, it's just fun. Like I started getting to the point where I was rewarding my youngest. Like, hey, if you do this for me, I will go get that gear for you. Oh, there you go. And yeah. uh, so he like, oh, really? Yeah. So I would do a, I would do a run where he would come back with all this really awesome gear. And it was it, it wore out over time. So if he needed that gear again, he, he was getting he's getting better so he can do it himself. But like there's. Dad, dad's been around the video game world a little longer. And so like, oh, you want the shadow gear? Well, how do you get that? Like, I don't know. Like, tell you what, you go do the laundry. Yeah, there you go. And I will, uh, I'll help you. Modern, modern digital manipulations. Hey, you know what? Parenting success stories since the dawn of time. Yep. <laughs> so the video games are fun. Video games are interesting. They're an integral part of IT. They're part of our culture. And it's bled over into all aspects of society. But if you talk to people who've been in IT for 30 years, I guarantee you they have a favorite game. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have some common ground there. And some people are really into sports games. Maybe you got a, a sports enthusiast. They love their Madden games. They love their football oh, yeah. games. Maybe it's an MLB person. The MLB on Xbox is insanely cool. 
the basketball games. I, yep. I mean, uh, my, my boys both play uh, a lot of those. And, you know, uh, if you're just, you know, glancing at that screen, you know, as you walk through the room, I swear it's a real game. It's getting there. Uh, I mean, it is it is impressive. Well, and, you know, I know we're running out of time here, but we, we haven't even talked about VR. I mean, I talk about, mm. like, how I love side-scrolling platformers. But VR, the Oculus 2, I got to say, people, you got to try that out. If you haven't, like, gone into a Best Buy, slipped one on over your eyes and just checked it out, it's really interesting. Um, things like Star Wars, Galaxy, um, is really, really interesting to be walking around in the Star Wars world and yeah. interacting. Like you've got a pistol in your hand. You've got a duck. And you've got to move. <laughs> you can't just push a button. You actually have to yeah, move your yeah, body yeah. not to get shot. Uh, you know, you're standing there next to Darth Vader. You're doing workouts where you're kind of moving around and it feels the depth perception on it is spot on. So you don't feel motion sickness. You're just now in a cartoonish world and you can even play Tetris in VR now. And it's really yep. cool. Uh Tetris some effects. of those are really amazing. Yes, I've seen some video clips. Of so those. there's something for everyone and there's nothing wrong with video games that engage your mind. I'd rather have my kids playing a video game that engages their mind and forces them to actually do something than watching five minute craft videos or just like drooling watching YouTube, like where they're being <laughs> yeah. spoon fed information and they don't have to think. And I'd rather have you interacting with an environment than just staring at a screen spoon feeding you information. And yep. so video games and IT, you know, okay, so Skip, you, even though you're not a huge video gamer, you still have your favorites. You still have your oh, absolutely. stories. Absolutely. We sat yeah. here for almost 30 minutes and talked about video games. I'm not even a huge video gamer. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's right, people. <laughs> I, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm casual. Like, I'm a casual yep. game player and... Like compared to most video gamers out there, like, oh my gosh, I am nothing. <laughs> yep. And so that that is something like business people or um, IT people, when you're talking through, this is almost always a common ground you can find with an IT provider. You can always use this to, to get a little bit of a, um, uh, a common ground. IT people will even, if given a choice, will create a game room uh, as their lounge. I've yes. seen this in multiple yes. places. Yes. where they'll have a little break room where they can just go out and there'll be like four different platforms there that they can play. And yep. it's a good bonding experience because it's something that everybody wants to do. It's something that everybody can find common ground in and it helps those conversations uh, happen. Like, hey, you're sitting there and you're playing like whatever and you're like, hey, uh, Mario Kart. And you can be talking about, hey, did you get that coding thing done? Did you install that module? They can have those side conversations. Right. And it's a great way to bond. It's not for every environment, but in a virtual world like this, where everybody's in different environments, it might be worthwhile to look into, is an Xbox for your IT department a good way for them to bond? Like, hey, you can play during work hours as long as you're playing with another person from the department yeah. and, you're getting work, you and you're getting your work done. And you work done. Well, you know, and that, you know, there's a possibility here as we, we face a, a new uh, normal, you know, for people coming back to the office and what's that going to look like. I know a lot of companies are restructuring that um, and, and they're seeing the value in, in the remote work, but they also uh, have, you know, very specifically seen, yes, it's good, at least on occasion uh, for us to come back to the office. 
and there's been you know challenges of luring uh, employees back to the office when when they can and and this may be something that uh, we, we may see a, a bit of a resurgence in those those ping pong rooms and uh, you know maybe a, a gaming room or something that provides uh, what what is really important in that coming back to the office is that that personal interaction and, and it may sound like video games are impersonal but what Adam's talking about is is entirely spot on if you have a couple of employees sitting there playing a video game they're, they're making some pretty positive. Um, personal interactions and a lot of conversations happen there. A lot of relationship building happens on that. So that may be something that uh, companies start looking at in the future. Yeah, make you know? make your environment more enticing than a home. At home, yeah. I have my coffee. At home, I have my video game system. At home, I have my comfy couch to take a nap. These are all things that I have at home. Why would I come back to work? Do you even <laughs> want me to come back to work? Yeah, uh, But, you know, I love this topic. I think this is a great one. Just talking about video games, nostalgia, uh, retro gaming, new age gaming. There's so much to cover, but what it comes down to is gaming is an integral part of the IT world and having that and accepting that about your IT people is a great way to help retain employees and help grow those relationships is to yep. just bond over that. Enjoy it and accept that this is just part of who your technical crew are. There we go. All right, thanks again for coming on. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, comment, and check out our Facebook page. Also encourage others who want to see IT Transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help. 